earliest podcast that has ever been recorded anywhere. Thanks for coming, everyone. Uh, it's super early. I don't know why I did this. Uh, thanks for joining this strange uh, experiment, and uh, means means a lot to me that you came when I made you come. I guess <laughs> most of you are obliged to be here, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, this is Monster Manual Mash. Yeah, right. Yeah. We know. <laughs> well, you do because you're here. I guess people who downloaded this also know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but what they don't know is what we're doing in particular. We are talking about uh, the quattle. The quattle. Everyone yeah. nods. Yes, yeah. the quattle. I'm going to show you a picture of the quattle for podcasting gold. You can see it. Everyone can come up to the front. You could almost just like gather around the table and just we could just do like yeah. a round table. <laughs> That'd be nice. Is it the winged serpent? It is the winged serpent. Does it start with Q? No. It's not no. What is it? Codal. Codal. Here, here's here's the codal. Flying snake. Flying winged snake. Yeah. It already happened. It happens many times. It is one of the most repeated general monster shapes. Yeah. And, like, also just the general form of, like, a reptile bird. There's, like, a million reptile birds. It's like, well, I can't think of another monster. Well, we'll just, like, do another reptile bird. Well, that'll be... Nothing's really scarier than the winged than the winged serpent. But this one's different because of a bunch of reasons. Its wings are like angel wings. They're more like fluffy bird wings. Yeah. And it has no legs. And we'll get to why that's important in a second. But we have to, like... The actual text of the Monster Manual has some stuff to say about the, the codal. They are benevolent serpentine beings of great intellect and insight. Brilliantly colored wings and a gentle manner speaks to celestial origins. Okay. They are divine caretakers. They were created by a benevolent god, not worshipped since the dawn of time, except by Kotals. So there's a god only for Kotals. Most of the mandates given them are fulfilled or failed by now. Some still wait for the fulfillment of prophecy or safeguard the heirs of creatures they once guided and protected. Casey. Casey. Guiding and protecting Casey. That would make a really good, like, YA novel. 
Casey, Casey the dog is just hanging out at home yeah. wondering when her parents are going to come home and when she's going to get dinner. And then a winged serpent bursts in through the, the window and, and says, Come with me, Casey, on the adventure of your lifetime. Yeah, but it's like a down-on-its-luck cuddle that has just been looking around for something to guide and protect. You know, like the old trope of like the, the, the real shitty like guardian angel who's got like one last shot to like Oh yeah, it's their, their wings. They're gonna get fired. Yeah. If they mess up one more guardianship. Yeah, old Gil, you know. What? The guardian angel that is about to get fired. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's a real thing. Pretty much. It's yeah. a Wonderful Life, yeah. And it's many parodies, You're yeah. It's a way worse movie, but I can't remember what it is. Black yeah. Bell yeah. <laughs> or like even... Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. <laughs> Billy Crystal would play a really good uh, winged serpent. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the yeah like Obi Obi Wan Kenobi any any kind of like guiding he has legs he has legs but not when he gets cut like he just disappears he's got he's just air like a celestial being oh no yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah Codals. Um, like uh, uh, all of these kind of mentor types usually have their own reasons for being the mentor or whisking the like the the chosen one away. Uh, like like Morpheus, he's got a mandate. He's got his own like. No one believes him. He's kind of a uh, underdog. So I think the yeah I think that that trope is real. Yeah. What's why does why do they make why was Harry Potter special? <laughs> he lived. He lived. Yes. I do that. Uh, yeah. Why did they kill him? Yeah, you didn't have a ultra powerful wizard trying to kill you though. Well, I mean, you do. Yeah. Another thing about the Codal, they. Regardless of task, prefer to remain hidden and reveal itself only as a last result. Um, They're invisible flying things. Yeah, with brilliantly colored wings. But you can't see them. But you can't see them. So it's also uh, like a crazy person's personal hallucination and reason for doing something. You could have like characters uh, or like NPCs in your game claim that they are receiving orders from a mysterious entity that only they can see. Kind of like the Flintstones, where only he can see the Martian. Was that a thing? The, yeah, what was it? The Grand... The Great Gazoo. The Great Gazoo. That was it. I was going to get there. Well, we're here. <laughs> I knew. This was, yeah, part of uh, the allure to me was allowing uh, our, our more uh, talkative, uh, our more helpful listeners, a direct line to... Um, the, the, the show they care about so much that they uh, email us corrections and notes every week. <laughs> Your face is too close to the mic. Your face is too close to the mic. Uh, how's that? Is that okay? They're truth tellers. 
A kotal can't lie, but it can withhold information, answer vaguely, or allow others to jump to the wrong conclusions. So they're really annoying. They can do some, like, so, like, the oracle in the Matrix, just, like, I think she almost actually lies, where she says he's not the one. Do you really want to get into that? Well, <laughs> I mean, I do, but I don't, I probably can't. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that's more like it. She told him exactly what he needed to hear. Right. Mm. Told him exactly what he needed to hear. I think in play, if you, like, it's very difficult to run a character like this who's just, uh, whose dominant trait is being extremely mysterious and, like, try to, because this, I I imagine the Kotal is sort of like, you're going to use them as, like, a patron for the players. You're going to, like, a quest giver. Likely, and being mysterious about why is just sort of a cover for like, just do what I say, just play the game, please, just don't ask questions, just play the game that I made for you. And this is the way to do it by having a codal be extra mysterious. But I think it's going to play out. Has anyone ever seen Mystery Men? Oh yeah, remember that that the the Sphinx whose like whole deal is that he just says Yoda type stuff. Right. And like no one actually understands him. That's what it's going to sound like in, in play, I think. If you're not uh, careful. They're ancient and few. They live for ages without sustenance or even air, but can die of disease or passage of time. It can sense its end up to a century beforehand, but not the manner. So they're tragic a little more, maybe? If it has accomplished its objectives, it accepts its death. Wes is out. He doesn't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Oh, you got it. Good. Yeah. Uh, If it has accomplished its goals, it accepts its death. But if not, it will seek out someone to mate with. (laughs) Anyone. Anything. No, it has to be another Kotal. The mating ritual is a beautiful, elaborate dance of magic and light, which results in a gem-like egg from which a new kotal hatches. Whoever initiated the mating takes the egg and the newborn and instructs them in the tasks that it has, it has not completed yet. Just like peacock spiders. What? What? <laughs> Same. Are peacock spiders known, uh, are goal-oriented... Yeah. Maters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I think everyone is a goal-oriented mater. Yeah, but you're not like, man. I am like, uh, I really got to clean that garage. But I never got to be a doctor, so I'm going to give you the opportunity you never had. <laughs> but then it'd be like, instead of that, it'd be like, if your goal was to become a doctor, and then you sensed your death coming, and you knew you didn't have enough time or money to go to medical school, and then you. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could actually uh, highlight that kind of character trait or that uh, I don't know that practice into like a whole society of people who only have children to do the jobs that they don't think they're going to be able to do. But what if they were more mundane? Like you just wanted to like you had to like clean your garage. And you yeah. knew you were going to die, and you were like, "I gotta just have another kid. I gotta have a gen baby who's going to be trained only in garage cleaning." <laughs> Please, just imagine with us. Yeah. 
I don't know about that. The, the mating ritual to create gem baby codals to like carry on. How do you how do you put that into a game? It's backstory, yeah. But this is the thing. The whole thing about the monster manual is its backstory for. Like all of this is supposed to make you want to use the monster in a game, and it has to like compete for space with all of the other monsters in the book and everything else that you could come up with. So like, what's the the hook? Like, why why did they put that there? Do you are you meant to like intervene, or like are you going to encounter a young Kotal yourself and then like? There we go. Yeah. Now you're thinking black market codal eggs. And what what it could be too is like it could be just be like the weird like crossing the threshold moment. Like if the world the game is taking place and doesn't have super obvious in your face magic all the time, and they're like, all right, well let's go kill all the rats underneath the tavern. And then for whatever reason, there's some like codals doing their thing, and there's all this lights and feathers, and then they disappear because they're like, oh, <laughs> shit, there's people here, and then there's this weird gem, and you gotta figure out what to do with the weird gem, and then it hatches, and this bird snake baby comes out and tells you you gotta go find, like, the thing. You know? Like, yeah, so it's like whole... a little baby mentor. Yeah. But it's like... Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, sure. and you can have, like, the, 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 the mentorship, like, the this-is-your-mission thing imparted into it in... Like the egg? I don't know. It doesn't have to be. What if you like? So like a boss baby? It doesn't have to be lessons. You just had yeah. like a. You had to like wear a little like baby carrier, with your like quest giver. Yeah. In it, ordering like, you around. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to have a childhood. Maybe it just emerges as a celestial being, like ready to give you vague advice. Yeah. Yeah. They. Uh, like a navi. Yeah. Like totally. a navi. Yeah, and it can turn invisible and then show up occasionally and be like, hey. Listen, you gotta do this thing over here, and you're like, "All right, well, you could, you clearly have sweet magical powers. Maybe do more than, and that could be like part of the tension. Is the only thing that's like consistently helping you isn't helping you as much as you know it could, or suspect it could. Yeah, it's holding out on yeah. you. Yeah, I always thought that about Navi as well. She's a fairy. She can bring you back to life. She doesn't. Suspicious. Maybe that's what's happening when you're loading a save. That's like the in-universe explanation for their. That. <laughs> so then you're the fairy bringing well, you, yourself back you to You are life? the cosmos. Um, oh, God. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's pretty intense for a Nintendo 64 game. Yeah. Well, you know, you're in... I don't know. I always like to do that. I like to rationalize, like, the weird, like, just totally mundane gameplay mechanics into, like, the universe of the thing that I was in. Rich inner life. Yeah. They call that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the actual stats for the Codal... Are, are kind of strange because they have uh, pretty high armor, they're hard to hit, they can only be harmed by magical weapons, all of their attributes are really high, has true sight for 120 feet, which means you can't be invisible, you can't be uh, like in a different form, or you can't be hidden, and it has telepathy for 120 feet, so it can just uh, dial your brain right away. It speaks every language, it speaks too. speaks every language. Yeah. It has lots of at-will protective and healing spells. <clears throat> it's immune to scrying or any attempt to read its thoughts or emotions or detect its location. Uh, it has like around 100 hit points, but it's only a, a challenge rating 4, which is really pretty low for like a celestial uh, thing. This thing that is on a whole other level. It, in a fight, it'll do a, it'll bite you for small damage, but it's got like a knockout poison. 
but someone can just shake you awake. I don't know. I'm not that like up on poisons, but I don't know what kind of poison it would be that someone can just like shake the poison out of you really quickly. Magic poison. Magic. Yeah, it's all a magic poison. Yeah. Why does magic poison work? <laughs> you can't shake vodka yeah, out of somebody. Poison. You can't shake vodka. You can, you can probably shake tea out of somebody. But uh, knockout poison. This is. I just. I just wish fifth edition was a bit more. They would commit to poison. Because <laughs> it's too yeah. easy. If you just shake someone awake, then like that's not even really poison. That's just they were like falling asleep. <laughs> it's enough to kill you if you're driving. What is a little bit of poison? Yeah. Falling asleep. Falling asleep is enough to get the same. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But unless you're playing like a like Formula One D and D, I don't know how else this is going to kill you. Uh, they also have a constrict. They have a constrict thing, which does bludgeon damage, and then you're grappled and restrained, which is fine. And then it has a wild, like a chain shape ability, which is kind of like wild shape if you're a druid. You just get like, if you turn into a bear, you can claw and bite like a bear, but all your mental stats are the same. And that's all it is. So if you actually wanted to fight this thing, it would be a little, it'd be it'd be hard to take down, but it's gonna, it, it can't take you down, I don't think either. They can constrict one of you, but then if there's like if there's like three average adventurers, could probably take it down if you wanted to. So it's not really meant to be like a thing you fight. It's definitely meant to be some sort of patron or some special quest monster. You know, it all it really kind of seems like it's all set up so that if you are like just trying to be shitty <laughs> and like kill the thing that's helping you. It just like is built in that it's hard to kill, but it can't really kill you. It's it's, yeah. it's set up pretty defensively, right? Yeah. So there's the easy out. It was like, well, we killed the weird snake monster. That was an important plot point, but it's okay because it turned invisible and turned into something else and blew away and whatever. Yeah, you know? I wonder if it's also along those lines, like they anticipate the average group of players not wanting to go along with a lawful good uh, things plan because. No, yeah, it's uh, yeah. no one really does usually, and you're gonna fight it, and you're probably gonna try to find a way to monetize it, <laughs> like the stealing the egg baby was a good idea. Yeah. Um, so this is probably made to like have a patron who you don't necessarily want to do things for, but make them really slippery, hard to fight directly. So that's probably how it's gonna go down in. The- uh, so. We have to talk about a little bit about why it's different than a dragon or the other winged uh, lizard things yeah. in the game. Yeah. We just recorded uh, the cockatrice episode. It's not released yet, but it is another winged uh, bird serpent thing. How is this different? It's winged. It's not like a bat, like a fluffy bird or an angel. So a dragon is like the worst thing we can imagine because it's got a huge bat wings it's like a big leopard, and it's a lizard also, but it's pretty, like, physical. It's, like, on the ground. It, it's, a, like, a dominating physical presence. The codal is the other direction, where it is, like, the, the illustration is it's coiled up in the air. It looks weightless, and it has these beautiful, illustrious wings, and it's serpentine, not uh, lizardy. So it is more like, uh, like the. It it is like the what we talk about the rod of 
Asclepius. Asclepius. Oh, yeah. Or the uh, the rod of Hermes. Right. We were talking about that like months ago, actually. Uh, so maybe it's not as fresh, but it's the uh, the rod of Hermes is the one where it's the rod in the middle with two snakes intertwining in at the top or the wings. It's often used as like symbols for medical organizations, but um, it's actually connected to uh, like Greek symbols for uh, Hermes, who that symbol was was meant to be associated with messengers and merchants and thieves. But the real like medical symbol is the rod of Asclepius, which is a single snake wrapping around one staff with no wings. But the two kind of get like interchanged sometimes. So the codal is a coiled snake with wings. And it's directly trying to reference that symbol of uh, the staff of Hermes, where it's a more celestial, iconic creature that doesn't actually have much to do with the terrestrial world. And the snake is like, uh, it's, it's dangerous and evil, but if you can harness it, if you use it for a higher purpose, you can also get medicines out of it. So the, the codal is a, a direct relative of that. It's also, uh, where are we here? This is the point. This is the part where I just look through notes. Oh my god! <laughs> <Slow>. <laughs> Give it up! Give it up! What about the Aztec? <laughs> you must be talking about Quetzalcoatl or Quetzalcoatl. No, there's really, there's like, they're all just written here in whatever order. Uh, Quetzalcoatl. So, yeah. Quetzalcoatl is a thing, and this monster just chopped the name in half and, and slapped it on. This yeah. monster. Which, I don't think D&D does that in any other way. It's all, like, it's kind of the most direct, uh, like, Obfuscation, or like it's, they're stealing the idea of Quetzalcoatl without even trying to change it, but they're just like, yeah, just take the take the name, and we just yeah. won't talk about it. Oh, well, the <laughs> Aztecs yeah. have notoriously like nitpicky copyright lawyers. So yeah. they, had to... <laughs> they, uh, they did it in Hollow World, second edition of Hollow World. That's where most of the totals are. That's where most of them are. Yeah. Well, good, they should, because it's a pretty big deal. Uh, Quetzalcoatl comes from the uh, Nahuatl, which is the language tree of the Aztecs. Um, Sometimes just called Aztec, but there's a bunch of sub-languages. But in that whole group, it means feathered serpent or uh, plumaged serpent. Some scholars have interpreted the name as having also a metaphorical meaning because... um, uh, of, uh, so the word also could mean precious twin, since the word for plumage was also used for precious things, and uh, kotal also could mean twin, which is interesting because it is a coiled serpent, and we have images of two coiled serpents wrapped around a rod turning up in like Mesopotamia 
back, 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 back when. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of, uh, like, conspiracy theory, uh, old alchemical uh, symbols, um, some more modern medical organizations like to put little uh, lines up the rod of Hermes, so you have, like, these rows going through the coiled serpents to indicate, like, genetic code. The idea being, like, ascending just as, like, the snake with wings is a symbol of, like, uh, life ascending into the celestial, then, like, our mastery of genetic science will help us ascend. Uh, nothing has ever gone wrong in that, in that way. Uh, among the Aztecs, whose belief are the best documented in the historical sources, Quetzalcoatl was related to gods of the wind, of the planet Venus, of the dawn, and of merchants of arts, crafts, and knowledge. Which is interesting because the staff of Hermes was a Greek symbol, and they were all about that stuff too. He was also the patron god of the Aztec priesthood of learning and knowledge. He was one of several important gods in the Aztec pantheon, along with two others represented by Venus, his uh, ally Tlaloc, who is the god of rain, and Quetzalcoatl's twin, and Psychopomp, which is any spirit that like ushers spirits, like human spirits, into whatever realm we go to when we die. That's a Psychopomp, apparently. That's great. So he's got an evil twin named Zolotl, who is a, uh, he's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> this is the famous opposite of a snake bird. Yeah, a everyone knows the opposite of a snake bird is a Just dog. Just like how weasels are the opposite of lizards. Exactly, yeah. 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 A million of, like, earthy animals are yeah. the opposite of winged serpents. Yeah. I want to, sorry, if I could jump yeah, in please. for a second. I want to connect some, some, some Quetzalcoatl dots here so i because because there are celestial beings that are like benevolent and tell the truth and like hey i was invisible but like you got to do this important thing here's some information by sort of thing what if it keeps showing up in villages to try to find the chosen one to get them to do the right thing or whatever but other villagers see and they completely misinterpret what the quetzalcoatl the quattle quetzal is doing um, and then after it leaves and disappears and is all mysterious and goes off to do whatever else it has to do, it accidentally starts a cult of people that are sacrificing things to the flying beautiful snake bird because they thought they just saw something weird. They're like, well, that was clearly some kind of god. Let's let. And so this quaddle that is trying to find heroes to try to do good things keeps accidentally starting up these like weird like sacrifice cults. Yeah. You know, because yeah. all these people keep seeing it as like what you, the the source material of it. Yeah. More or less. And, and that, so your job as the adventurers are to straighten this whole mess out. And that's why it comes to you. <laughs> so, yeah, the Quaddle's like, oh, I'm doing, look, I'm doing this job, yeah. but I've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And I need you to just follow me around cleaning it up. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's even something we talked about in the Angels uh, yeah. podcast where we, it, uh, it's, it's common for like the messenger beings who like, aren't God, who aren't the top of the, the hierarchy in their celestial order, when they go down and they do the work, then they get people who follow them and create religions based on them, even yeah. though you're not supposed to. And that's how like a whole bunch of uh, bad things get started. So you're totally in the right to do something like that. Yeah. 
Quetzalcoatl was also um, depicted. Earlier depictions have him completely zoomorphic. So he was always an animal, always the winged, uh, the feathered serpent. And then later and later illustrations, uh, images of Quetzalcoatl became more and more man-like. And there were even some... There's some, uh, like, papers, some scholars talk about how the Aztecs thought that Cortez was Quetzalcoatl, like, coming to rearrange things, because Quetzalcoatl is also something... He's like the transgressor of borders, so a bringer of change, of, like, a changing of ages. Yeah. And... Cortez definitely changed things, but uh, it's also suggested possibly that the that idea that Aztecs thought Cortez was the, the incarnation of Quetzalcoatl was actually just made by like the colonial people that were showing up and then saying that they were like they were like inserting themselves into the Aztec myth. Yeah, it, like it's real convenient to be like, right, yeah, no, it's it's cool. They think we're gods. That's like that's a real. <laughs> convenient thing for them to yeah you know feels cool yeah yeah <laughs> feels nice and like the the latest uh quetzalcoatl depictions are really just of like an aztec uh like king yeah totally human and i think this idea is reflected in the the codal's chain shape ability so they're they're ripping a whole bunch of quetzalcoatl stuff for that the coiled snake also turns up in uh, the, the practice of kundalini, which I'm not totally up on, but the few facts I know are sort of interesting. Kundalini is a Sanskrit word meaning either coiled up or coiling like a snake. There are a number of other translations emphasizing a more serpent nature, so kundalini sometimes is just interpreted as serpent power which I didn't know. Serpent power, yeah. Uh, which I just knew, the only, only thing I knew about Kundalini was that it was, um, the only people I heard talk about it were like people who were hippies in the 70s. And if I had known it was serpent power, I would have paid more attention, I think. Uh, the caduceus, uh, symbol of coiling snakes, is thought to be an ancient symbolic representation of Kundalini physiology. So there's an image sometimes you'll see of like, It'd be the outline of someone's back and then a sort of stylized spine, but there'll be like these coiled things around it. And the idea is that you can uh, like unleash the energy that is actually just coiled in your chakra. Right. Um, so this idea of coiled snakes being some sort of energy that lets you transcend sticks around for some reason. Uh, and, and I don't know why it's snakes exactly, maybe because it's like they don't have legs, so I guess what else could coil? <laughs> They're as low as you can go. They're as low as you can go? They don't have even legs. You can go even lower, though. You could go like, why not worms? <laughs> worms are just snakes. Worms are just snakes. I mean, they're not just snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's there are those there are those lizards that look like worms and are lizards with no arms or legs and so why aren't they snakes but like taxonomically they're lizards and so they're, like there are lizards that look like snakes 
because they don't have arms or legs. And then there's some of those that just look like worms. And so there are worms that are actually lizards. That has nothing to do with the quaddle. That's just weird. Uh, it kind of does. Yeah. Maybe it does. Yeah. Not all lizards are worms, but some worms but are. Some worms are lizards. <laughs> what if he, you replaced all the snakes in mythology with worms? Uh, what if this was a worm with wings? And Everything would just be grosser and like less impressive. Yeah. Worms don't have teeth. That's true. Snakes <laughs> do Yes. Well, in old English, the word for worm and dragon are the same thing. Oh, yeah. Right. He was trying to be quiet and polite. Don't do that. Don't be quiet or polite here. We have yeah. microphones facing you guys. Worms and all work, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good dog, though. This is an A plus dog today yeah. so far. This uh, this dog uh, Lola is up for adoption. If anyone is looking for a dog, we are fostering her. She could be yours. <laughs> Um, the symbol of the snake coiling up the rod. Yeah. The origins are thought to date to as early as 2600 BC in Mesopotamia, and it is referenced in the Bible in uh, in Numbers and in Two Kings. During the Exodus, Moses was instructed by God to fashion a pole upon which he was to position a serpent made of bronze. When looked upon. Uh, it would spare the lives of the Israelites stricken by venomous snake bites. And the intent, apparently, was so that people would look upward and be reminded to pray to God. Um, I don't know why the snake has to be involved in that, but eventually the meaning was forgotten and the symbol was apparently worshipped by itself by the Hebrew people until the reign of Hezekiah, as described in 2 Kings 18.4. So this coiled snake thing is all over the place. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the quaddle in D&D uh, goes back to the original Monster Manual back in 1977. And it's been used, it's been in every edition in... Uh, that original picture is way more aggressive looking. Oh yeah, I, uh, I I can't find a large one, but it's very aggressive. Yeah. The all of the original, I don't know if it's all of them. I'm sure someone can correct me, but the the original AD and D monster manual illustrations were drawn by high school students. They just look that way. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure some of them actually are. Because uh, there are a ton of them, and I know that the creators did a bunch themselves, but some of them are like they got like their friends' kids to do it, uh, all for the better. I think it was a great it's, idea. It's great, yeah. Some of those early pictures. In uh, which one is it? In Greyhawk and the Forgotten Realms, the Kotals have a, an asexual deity named Jazirian. So that's the kind of like unnamed deity that they allude to in the right, fifth edition. Yeah. And Jazirian has a dogma 
And it is, is this. Virtue untested is merely innocence. Good must be tempered by temptation in order to become as steel. Death is with us always, but each death is a rebirth. Failure is an essential learning experience that forms the building blocks of endurance. All lives flow into one another as all streams and winds. Life is a cycle, as is all reality. So there are a bunch of flying Ouroboruses who worship an Ouroboros. Yeah. It's the inception of itself. Other notable codals out in the world. Notable codals? No. Yeah. <laughs> I just love now. Yeah. Uh, Kotal is the name of a uh, Aztec slave in the 1945 novel Captain from Castile, which is about a Spanish captain who arrives in uh, Mesopotamia, not in Mesopotamia, in um, uh, somewhere in South America, and ostensibly to recapture an escaped slave, but learns that the slave is being mistreated. Yeah. There's also a, a 1947 film adaptation, so people liked that kind of thing back then. <laughs> a Kotal is a flying Naga unit in the video game Warcraft 3 The Frozen Throne. Uh, Kotal is the weakest member of the angelic class of monsters in the computer game NetHack. <laughs> <laughs> Rob knows NetHack. Yeah. <laughs> well, get up here. Get up here, Ben. Is that the one where you're an angel and, and, and howling people? No, it's the one where you're an axon and you die a lot. That one is pretty unique. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. And very NetHack. Uh, An at sign actually looks a little bit like a coiled snake. Oh, actually, Full yes. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Co- like the at sign is like the codal of the internet. <laughs> in, t- in 2000, Salon described NetHack as one of the finest game experiences the computing world has to offer. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, a 5,000-year-old f- uh, comet is named Codal in the Sailor Moon musicals. Uh, the Sailor Moon musicals are a series of live theater productions based on the Sailor Moon manga. The series consists of 31 musicals, which have had <laughs> more, than, more than 800 performances since the show opened in 1993. Man. Let's go. <laughs> There's so much more Sailor Moon to watch. There's so realized. much more. <laughs> Uh, in Nancy Drew, Secret of the Scarlet Hand. She has Sailor Moon too. That'd be a great crossover. Yes. Nancy. Nancy Moon. Nancy has to. Nancy has to learn the Nahuatl word for snake to use as the password. And Kotal is a breed of dragons in Flight Rising, a fantasy browser game. Yeah, which uh, the link to that is broken, so uh, all information has been scrubbed about Flight Rising. We don't talk about Flight Rising. We don't talk about it. Yeah. There's a Mexican kidney wood 
used as a traditional diuretic by the Aztec people, which has uh, a scientific name involving codal. And the Lamborghini Codal is a special variant of the Lamborghini Diablo built in Latin America. Those are the codals of note. Notable codals. And now the final 10 minutes will just be uh, everyone shouting out their favorite uh, codal wordplay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I got. Do yeah. you got? No, I don't have a whole I th- See, my whole thing is I don't prepare. Right. <laughs> you know, anything I have to prepare for is future Wes's problem. And screw that guy. What's he ever done for me? Mm-hmm. I think it is trying to set you up to use them as a patron, a quest giver of some sort. You could also try to steal their gem baby, which is yeah, yeah. yeah you guys got here late. They do uh, so when a codal has unfinished business and it senses it's going to die, it'll seek out a mate. It'll perform a beautiful and colorful mating dance, and then a gem is produced from which a new codal will be born, and then in, uh, uh, trained and indoctrinated in the ways of its uh, soon-to-die parent. I, I just think the term gem baby should be used as the MacGuffin for every single... Yeah, gem baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are we doing? Gem baby. Yeah. So there you go. See, this, this is the thing, is that no... like. Whatever lore you want to put into your game, uh, players are going to latch on to something silly and ridiculous like a gem baby. Yeah. So the entry just might as well just say gem baby. Yeah. Come get it. (laughs) The other thing is like because it's like a like a quest givery like this is what you must do. You are the chosen one sort of like figure. It's like kind of set up to be, but it's got its like shape changey stuff, and it can turn in any humanoid or beast. So. Like, you could just have, it like, a weird, like, a little chipmunk that's been following you around forever that, like, seems to be able to deal with a lot, you know? Or it whispers just, like, a, it's, like, sacred duty to you yeah, in your yeah. Or just, like, a weird guy you meet that you were nice to, and then you were nice to him, and he's like, aha, you must go on a quest. And you're like, all right, whatever Why, weird dude. Why, because I was nice to you? That's and why I'm not you nice to up, people. Yeah, and then you wind up going on the quest anyways, and the weird dude shows up and turns into a snake bird. You know, <laughs> yes. and we're like, oh, Jim yeah. Baby, Jim Baby Snakebird, and then um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, according to the fact. Mormons, <laughs> here's a whole other part of it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't read. Yeah. The Mormons thought that Codal uh, and Jesus were the same. But that there weren't enough records to preserve it, so like they couldn't prove it, but they knew about it. They also thought Jesus was in America. Yeah, well, that's what they mean. They thought he was in South America as Quetzalcoatl. Central America. Central America, also. Yeah. All right. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. Every America gets own Jesus. That that was the deal. That's the deal. Yeah. Okay, I think that's it for the podcast, right? Anyone has any questions or notes yeah. you want to you wanna say? No? Here's Casey, good stuff. Um, so we're going to start playing. Uh, we, as, as I thought might happen, we have like a lower turnout, so we're going to collapse some of the games. We'll talk about that, but we can all play together, which will be good. And 
After three o'clock, we're going to take a break, and then I'm going to do a count for who wants pizza, and then there might there'll be pizza. Probably everyone. Yeah, I think Matt will be open to buy drinks from in a little bit. He might be doing some ramen, some Cheetos, uh, all the hits. And then we'll play one more uh, round after that, and then we're going to be out of here after 8 o'clock. Thanks for coming, everybody. Thanks for listening.